Greatest hit number seven in our summer countdown is John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Well, this week, during summer Bible camp, we had a few theme days. Working backward, Friday was water day. We made sure that all of the kids knew to wear clothing that would be okay getting wet. And, and some, some parents knew their kid all too well and sent re, uh, replacement clothes, even, uh, and many of those were, were uh, duly appreciated by the kids. Um, Thursday, we had Food Bank Day. One of our themes, or the theme of Summer Bible Camp, was uh, that, that God feeds us. That Jesus is the bread of life. And we learned so much about how Jesus fed those who were in need. And so we wanted to be partners with Jesus in that. And you can see from our summer, summer Bible camp, we kind of left all of the food that we gathered on Thursday. And this will be delivered to the Mill Creek Community Food Bank. And all glory to God. And we thank all of the families who participated in this mission project. Let's have a round of applause for that. <clears throat> well, Wednesday was... Crazy hat day. And we had some really crazy hats. And in fact, one person, one kid, wore three hats and actually kept them balanced throughout the entire morning. Amazing. Well, one of our leaders, his crazy hat was a curly wig in the color of the rainbow. Like you'd see a clown wear. Or, and this is where we transition into our focus on John 3.16. Come on, everybody. Um, do you remember back in the late 70s and early 80s, if you remember back that far, to when there was a certain individual who would show up on televised sporting events with a rainbow wig on holding a sign that said, John 3.16. Anyone remember that? I remember that. It was ubiquitous in major sporting events. Uh, it started out actually in the 1977 NBA Finals and then continued Super Bowls, uh, championship games in football, and always behind the uprights in the end zone. So every time a field goal was kicked or an extra point was kicked, the camera would show it pure as day, the rainbow wig-wearing man and the John 3.16 sign. <clears throat> well, that continued. That particular individual has a story. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but the story of the Rainbow Man is rather a cautionary tale. The truth is, for this particular individual, the wig and the desire for notoriety came first, before the John 3.16. And he did this as a stunt to gain fame. Now, he did say that he had a conversion to Christianity, and when that happened, he, more than just being the wigged guy, he had a sign that said John 3.16. But his original motivation was never quite fully conditioned 
by the words of the actual Bible verse that he was holding. His life never truly was grounded by the faith that he professed, and he drifted. So far so that since 1993, he's actually been in prison. All you have to do is Google Rainbow Man, and you can read the story. But the signs caught on with the faithful, and occasionally you will still see those signs today. Or perhaps maybe John 3.16, John being written on the eye black patch below this eye, and 3.16 below this eye, as Tim Tebow did when he was in college. Well, John 3.16, raise your hand if you've ever heard of John 3.16 before today. I mean, we could just have a lottery and just uh, choose that way who's going to get up and preach the sermon on John 3.16. Because I know y'all can do it. You know the verse. You you know it by memory. And so it's no surprise that it appears in our top ten list. Worldwide and throughout the ages... It's quite likely that John 3.16 is, in fact, the greatest hit of all time. The verse that is known most fully by the most people. Well, why this verse? Well, here's why. It clearly and concisely gives the reason for Jesus. And therefore, the reason for the entire religion world religion, of Christianity. More than a billion people in the world profess this faith. And this one verse, out of all the Bible, gives the clarity of what this is all about. Who is this Jesus person? The story of Christ, of Jesus Christ, starts with God's love. That's made clear in John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Now one of the reasons why I wanted to hold out during the children's message until some child mentioned that the earth is also a planet is that that the Greek word for world, it's translated to English as world, but in Greek it's the Greek word cosmos. And that's the same root word that we get the word cosmos from. So, so, for God so loved the world is not just simply God so loved the earth. It's basically God so loved the world as far and wide as we know it. And so it does have a universal impact to that original word. So it starts with God's love for the world. That comes through clearly. For God so loved the world. But then we learn that God's love is expressed in a gift. Yeah, in a gift. God gave his one and only son. Now, in the verse itself, it just says one and only son. But if you read the verses around it, you see that the one and only son is none other than Jesus. Jesus, who is the Messiah, the Christ. Now, in addition to saying something about the origin of Jesus, it describes the end game or the destination, the goal, the goal of the work of Jesus, the goal of God in God's 
idea of sending Jesus. It's so that eternal life could be had by people who are in danger of perishing. Eternal life for those in danger of perishing. So you have a loving God as the origin. The destination is eternal life with God. And in between, you have a life that was offered for the world so that others might live. And that draws our attention, John 3, 16, because it talks about God giving his son, it takes us to the cross. However that cross looks, whether it's a rough-hewn wood cross like the original likely was, or whether it's an artistic envisioning of it, like we feature in our sanctuary, or whether it's a cross that one might wear on jewelry around their neck, that cross reminds us that Jesus' life was offered so that others might live. And the message is that many lives have been changed forever because of Jesus. There's also in John 3.16 the greatest invitation of all time. Do you remember being a kid and getting an invitation to a birthday party? Just how exciting that was. <laughs> I actually realized that, that uh, when I heard the kids be so excited about the invitation to the food truck party ice cream truck thing today, that there was a lot of enthusiasm for that. There's something wonderful about being invited and here in John 3.16, you have the invitation of the centuries. The invitation that, that we, you and I, every person who is loved by God, that means everyone on this wide world, we all, we all can experience eternal life through faith. That whoever believes in Jesus would not perish but have eternal life. Dale Bruner, uh, for many years, was a, uh, a Bible teacher, professor at Whitworth College in Spokane. It's affiliated with the Presbyterian Church and also is one of the, the finer uh, liberal arts schools, private liberal arts schools in the state of Washington. Isn't it, Spencer? That's right. Spencer, Spencer is between his freshman and sophomore year at Whitworth. And, uh, uh, but, but Dale Bruner uh, taught... Bible there, and he wrote a commentary on the Gospel of John. And when he gets to John 3.16, he reminds us that, that in the New Testament uh, era, that when they talk about faith and believing, he always adds the word into after the, the word faith or trust. Faith, trust, believe, all mean the same thing in this context. And, and he says, Faith or believing means believing into or trusting into Jesus. Like literally leaning your whole life into a relationship with Jesus. Trusting Jesus for the strength for every day. Trusting Jesus for the grace for forgiveness. Trusting Jesus for his spirit to, to help you be patient and to help you express the love of Christ in the midst of a lot of things that cause you to have an opposite reaction. And ultimately, it's leaning into Jesus, like in a trust fall. Have you ever done a trust fall? That trust fall, when you do that, first of all, do make sure that everything is ready for the trust fall. 
The trust fall is often when, when, when all of the safety procedures are done, someone, if you're doing the trust fall, you would, you, would, um, you would step up like on a chair, and everyone else behind you, many people, are there to catch you. And yet you have this feeling of just being like totally at the mercy of those people catching you when you're on that fall. And it's often done in team-building exercises. That's the type of faith, the believing in Jesus that John, who's writing this gospel, is talking about, is, is trusting in Jesus so much that you're willing to let go, let go of some of the, the addictions that we look to, to to kind of calm our nerves. Let go of some of the lessons that we've learned and the ways that we've been formed in negative ways. To trust God and trust God's love to shape us in a new direction. And finally, to lean into God and to fall into the everlasting arms of God when our time on earth is done. Jesus in the Gospel of John, is the source of life, eternal life. More than half of the messages or the the mentions of eternal life are in John's Gospel. It's mentioned 17 times from Jesus' mouth alone. Jesus wanted us to know about eternal life. He wanted us to know that we, yes, as finite human beings, are in danger of perishing. And yet it doesn't need to end with the end of our physical life. Throughout John's gospel, Jesus speaks of the life. In fact, life is Jesus' calling card. John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. In John 10, 10, he said, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And then John six thirty five, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. One of the things that we experienced in summer Bible camp this week was really diving into the rich metaphor of provision of food and drink as a way of understanding how God cares for us and gives us life. We reflect on how short our life would be if we did not have water to drink. Jesus says, I am the living water. We reflect on how how much in pain and how brief our lives would be again if we did not have food to eat. Jesus came feeding people who were hungry. And he said, just like I'm feeding you, your physical bodies, I'm also feeding you toward eternal life as well. God is great. God is good. And we thank God for our food. By God's hands, we are fed. Thank God for our daily bread. That's a classic mealtime prayer that that the kids learned this week, one phrase at a time. But it reflects The love of God expressed in John 3.16. The love of God for the world that brings life through his son Jesus. And these words are meant to be shared in relationship. 
When I was in high school, one of the things I remember about my youth pastor, his name was Eric Oman. He had worked in a young life ministry, uh, actually over in Germany for uh, kids of American uh, servicemen and women. And uh, after he was uh, at the church that, that I grew up in in West Seattle, he moved to Denver and planted a church there. Uh, and it was quite successful. A casual conversation one day that I will never forget, the whole issue of the Rainbow Man and the John 3.16 sign came up. Yes, you can tell the era in which I was in junior high and high school. And a whole bunch of us were gathered around. We were having food. We were, we were being welcomed into uh, someone's home. And we were talking, just hanging out. And he innocently asked on this topic, he says, how many, do you, how many people do you think come to faith in Jesus by looking at that sign? Now, all of us knew that he was a pastor. And we were ready with our religious answer. And our dutiful religious answer, we thought was, wow, I'm going to do the math on that. So, yeah, okay, so it was up at the Super Bowl, and I saw it too, and, and wow, that's got to be like hundreds of millions of people. So the number, we all agreed with ourselves, number is a lot. It's a lot, right? His response surprised us. He said, really? I don't think many do. We were shocked. Why not? We asked. And the conversation was on. We were hooked and drawn deeper into a conversation of faith about the essence, not about the address of Bible verses, John 3.16, but into the context of where these words came from and what Jesus was actually doing. He asked about our friends who didn't know Jesus and how likely they were to get to know him from a split-second showing of a sign appearing during an extra point try in the Super Bowl. Well, he asked us, and he, and we, he asked, have they seen it? And we had to agree, yeah, they most certainly have. And then he asked, or what would happen if you shared about Jesus and the life that he offers what if you actually shared with your friend? Because they know you, and they trust you. And at a friendship level, you would invite them into a real community, which is what we've got going here. And you can invite them to come, and every time that we gather, we talk about the one who gives life. And we grow deeper in him. We, collectively, we lean into him more and more each day. I'll never forget that conversation because it gets to the heart of what was happening when Jesus said the words of John 3.16. He was in a conversation with a seeker, a seeker after truth named Nicodemus. Jesus was answering questions, was asking questions to take him deeper. And Jesus comes to us and does the same thing. It was shared in relationship. 
Who might you share this message with? This message of God's love that is wide as the whole world. This message that there is a gift being offered. A gift of life for those who are vulnerable to perishing. How might you paraphrase these words into words that might be more natural for you to share in a friendship? More natural for you to, sh- to uh, for your friend to receive? In the first phrase, for God so loved the world, something that's been very powerful for many people is to take that phrase and in place of world, because world stands for every single person, so it does mean a big group of people, but it certainly includes each person that makes up the whole. And so if your friend that God is, is bringing to your attention right now, say, say her name is Jennifer, you can think that truth from Scripture that God so loved Jennifer, that actual person, that friend, who you might be the one who could share that word. Isn't it great that so many of us know the words of John 3.16? I encourage you to to pray about it and go freestyle with it. Go freestyle with it. Let it lead you into other phrases that you might share. Once again, uh, I'm going to mention something that Dale Bruner of Whitworth College said uh, in his commentary. He reminds us that that the church exists to continue those conversations with Jesus. We're drawn into the conversation through worship and sacraments and teaching and small group conversations. Through summer Bible camps and Sunday school. If you are seeking meaning and truth. If you are seeking a deep experience of life, these words are from Jesus to you personally. Because you can replace that word world, cosmos, with your name as well. For God so loved you that he gave his one and only son that if you would believe that you would lean into and trust into Jesus, you would not perish but have everlasting life. Life that is abundant. Life that provides for your deepest needs. Life that endures. God has given you a gift. The gift is out there before we receive it. And it's being offered in this place right now. The gift is God's one and only son, Jesus. We learn in John's gospel that he gave his very life for us so that we might live. And you can receive this gift through faith today. By believing, by trusting into Jesus the Savior of the world. Let's pray. 
God, thank you for these words. These words that remind us that you love us. No exclusions. Fully inclusive of all humanity. And that because of that great love, you gave us a gift. You sent your son to be our savior. And he gave his life, and yes, was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven and gave us his spirit that we might experience him even today. And that spirit would guide us, would be his presence with us, bringing us into abundant and eternal life. God, for those of us who, whose hearts are open to that invitation, we open the doors of our heart to you. We invite you to come in. We invite your life. We invite your goodness. We invite your provision. We invite your word. Most of all, God, we invite you and welcome you as the one who created us and loves us with a love that will never, ever fade. Walk with each one of us who are ready to, to start walking with you. Open our eyes to the next steps. Give us a love for your word, a desire to be with others in this community that leans into you and, and experiences and even celebrates regularly the abundant and eternal life that you offer us. We receive it in faith as we trust into Jesus. Thank you for walking with us and for empowering us to respond to this message. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.